Good morning, saints of God. I trust God is going to give us the grace to be able to share the word. And let me start by saying, before I share, before I, I start with the testimony, or before I start talking about what has happened in my life and then going to the word, let me start by saying, or putting it this way, 1997, as a young man, that was on fire for God. I mean, I had been born again in 1992. I was on fire for God. I loved God. I did everything for God. I, I, was, I was sold out for God. 1997, I attended a well-known church of a powerful man of God. So there was a man of God. I was still in Bulawayo. There was a man of God that came from South Africa, from Petersburg. It was still Petersburg then, before it became Bulukwane. And I was a teacher. This young teacher, you know, vibrant, leading a scripture union. And then this man of God comes from South Africa. He's a prophet of God, and he picks up a number of men of God, pastors. And he, and he gives them a word of prophecy. Shakers and movers of the city of Bulawayo. Then he picks up this young man called Nkosinati. I mean, up, you know, from this humble young man, timid young man, he picks Nkosinati and he gives me a powerful prophecy. And uh, in short, he tells me that you're going to be a pillar in a church and God is going to do blah, 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 blah. You can imagine how puffed up I was. You know, I'm standing with men of God. I'm, I'm the only one who was called of all the men of God. I mean, when you get a prophecy like that, you think that everything is going to happen tomorrow, right? You, you, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you, you, you expect it. And, okay, fast forward, then I came to South Africa, met my beautiful wife, where he, with my children, and... And fast forward, late, things go south. You know, you get a, a beautiful prophecy, things go south. Fast forward later, 2015, Prophet John Wasserman, before the building was extended, I'm sitting, things are doing well. I've just left my beautiful job, but it became boring because I knew I had been called. I knew I had been called to be a businessman. And being business, by the way, business people, it's actually, actually a pastor in a marketplace, you you're representing God in the marketplace. So I come out from Sunlam. I'm working for this financial services company. I'm very excited. I'm in a partnership with this gentleman from KZN. I used to fly always to KZN, and it's beautiful. In 2015, I was going to fly the following day. The salary is good. I'm being made a financial, I'm an accountant for this guy. He makes me a financial director. So everything is good. Then a prophet comes here, he's, he's doing a prophetic session by the name Andrew Bronkost. He gives me a powerful prophecy. This is going to happen, you're going to talk to CEOs, you're going to blah, 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 blah. Me, talking to this, okay, but then, yes, it's nice. It looks nice. I mean, who wouldn't want to, to talk when, as a financial person to talk to CEOs and powerful people in government? Guess what? 2016, everything goes south. I lose my dad, things are not well, my wife is sick, it affects a number of things and she was really sick and also I'm confused and things are really messy and the bond is really, really bad, they are in the verge of foreclosure, taking our house. The vehicle that was on finance on debt, we are on debt, the vehicle that was on finance is taken away, I surrender it. The other one that I later on gave to our, we later on gave to our daughter, we were on the verge of giving it away, and miraculously somebody paid for it, you know. Uh, so there was some semblance of hope, you know, there was some hope in between. 
but things are really, really going out, going very bad. As I said, it's amazing. And but what kept me going is the fact that, like I said last time when I was sharing the word, that there is always a precedence in the word yeah. of God. There are characters that you can look to. You talk of Joseph, you talk of Daniel, you talk about all those people. You talk about uh, Jehoshaphat when he's on the verge of being attacked and he's weak and he knows that the, the Syrian army is really, really, really out to get us. But then, something that I want to talk about this morning, a game changer. What is a game changer? We'll read a lot of scripture this morning, saints. Let's open to the book of uh, Matthew chapter... Six. So we'll read a couple of verses this morning. We'll jump a couple of verses, but we'll start from uh, verse six. Matthew, no, verse one. Matthew chapter six. It says, "Be very careful." I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, "Be very careful not to do your good deeds publicly, to be seen by men. Otherwise, you will have no reward prepared and awaiting for you with your Father who is in heaven." Of interest is verse two. And whenever you give to the poor and do acts of kindness, do not blow a trumpet before you to advertise it as the hypocrites do. Like actor, okay, this looks like what we see this day. You know, these days we've got social networks, uh, we've got Instagram. Whenever Nkosi gives during COVID, everybody must know Nkosi has given. You know, it's, uh, it looks like Facebook, ne? Okay, I'm not judging anybody. I just wanted to throw that in. <laughs> As the Eucharist do, like actors acting out a role in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honored and recognized and praised by men. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, they already have their reward in full. But when you give, the emphasis is when, not if. When you give to the poor and do acts of kindness, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Jesus was really serious about this, eh? When I give to Anbev, it's so serious that even the left hand must actually not know what the right hand has done, eh? This issue is so serious. Yet a lot of us, yet a lot of us, I mean, I, not, not, not you guys here, but somebody outside there. Yet a lot of us really, really go to that extent of making sure that when we give, everybody in Facebook learned. Everybody in Instagram learned, must see that I've given millimil. To so and so. <laughs> Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give in complete secrecy so that your charitable acts will be done in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Like I said, I'm really not about that. I'm just throwing those nuggets in. Also, when you pray, again, when, when you pray, we've looked at giving, eh? when you give. Also, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray publicly, standing in the synagogues. And on the is Jesus saying we should not come here and pray in the church like we do? No, he's not saying that. He's not saying, is Jesus saying when you are walking in the park, you cannot pray? No, he's not saying that. He's talking about the heart. It's from the heart. He's not saying that if I'm walking in the park or walking in the streets of Pretoria or Kempton Park, I cannot pray in tongues and, and talk to my father. He's not saying that. But these guys made sure, made sure that everybody sees them. Yeah, I'm a Pharisee. I'm praying now. Look at me. I'm praying. Look at Nkosi. He's praying. I want you guys to know that I'm praying. Or shouting to the world, I'm praying for you. You are talking about the attitude of the heart. They have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your most private room, close the door, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Let's jump to verse uh, 16. 
And whenever, remember, we are talking about the game changer, right? Game changer. And whenever you are fasting, so we are going somewhere, don't worry. And whenever you are fasting, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they put on a sad and dismal face like actors. Wow. Discoloring their faces with ashes of dirt. So they are basically in Hollywood, yeah? <laughs> so that their fasting may be seen by men. I assure you most and solemnly say they already have their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head as you normally would, would to groom your hair. Okay, so that's what you should do. And wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by people but by your father who is in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward. So basically, the, the game changers that I'm talking about is prayer. The second one is fasting. And the last one is giving. There is a verse in uh, Ecclesiastes. I'm going to cut it out of context, but I always love it. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12. It says a three-strand cord can never be broken. He's talking about uh, one, two are better than one, three. That talks about the strength and unity. But to me, it was not an accident that Jesus spoke about this in their order. And he says, when you pray, when you're fasting, when you're giving. So you notice there. You notice that he's talking about when, not if. So I'm saying it's a game changer in the sense, and it's something that I'm, as I talk, as I preach, I love preaching about things that are practical. I'm more like Pastor Bev. Pastor Bev is a, is a practical teacher. When she teaches the word, she, she wants to see people living the word. She's living that word. So I'm a person who is practical. When we talk about love, I want to love people. I'm, I may be deficient because I'm not perfect, but I want to live the practicality of the word of God because that, that's the essence of what Jesus was talking about. So like I say, that everything was going south, and I discovered that getting a prophecy is not enough. It's nice. God knows the end from the beginning, right? But getting a prophecy, for I realized it's not enough. So I then realized that there were things that I have to get, where you, you now launch into the deep, where you take it a step further. They say when the going gets tough, the tough get going. So there are instances where we have to engage certain principles and certain issues. I've realized that as a church, I mean, this is a praying church. Like I said, this is not a beat-down message. I will never condemn you guys. This is a grace message. But there are certain issues as children of God. If we want to fulfill or to get to our destiny, there are certain issues and principles of God that we have to take seriously, that we have to engage God and take them seriously. I realize that, yes, what the man of God said in 1997 was true. I never doubted that. All the prophetic words that I've gotten were true. But I said, for me to fulfill all that, there is certain things that I have to do. One of them being prayer, another being fasting, another being giving. I really believe so much in, in fasting, such an, that I'm not a Pharisee again, I'm not coming here to post, but me and my wife have spent a lot of days without food. And I'm saying this not as a matter of boasting. Understand my heart, right? I'm saying this as a matter of encouragement to say, guys, it works. When you deny yourself food, when you go three days, the so-called Esther fast, when you go three days and you say, I'm not going to have, well, they say you cannot go for more than three days without water, but at least you can do three days without water. When you go for three days without water and without food, 
and you are doing it in secret and you are not telling everybody in church that you are praying, you are fasting, you are, God takes you seriously. Because it's an act of saying, God, I want you. You are more necessary than my daily food. When you wake up at four, when you wake up at midnight to pray, trust me, these things that I'm saying are not easy things. It's not easy to go without food. I enjoy my food. I really, I really enjoy my food. But the fact is, I have to choose between my food and my destiny. I don't want to be like a, an Esau. That salt is better right for food. If food is going to stop me from attaining to what God has. And to me, fulfilling my prophetic destiny is not really about money, though money is important. Fulfilling my prophetic destiny is doing exactly what God has purposed me to be. Money and material things will come along the way. I appreciate God for that. But to me, I want to, as I'm saying, I'm serving in the marketplace. I want to work with people. I got into a, last year I was doing an investigation with a city of Pretoria, city of, I don't want to share certain things because of the confidence. But I was doing, and I was sitting with this executive, top executive, who became a, an acting city manager later. I was sitting with him, and I was saying, we were talking and we were discussing this report. It's finalized. It's got to be implemented. The, the top officials have to come in. People have to be arrested and all those kind of things. And then I told him, I don't know what we're talking about. I was actually framed by the people because, you know, they are backlashes. Either they kill you, they give you money, they, they a lot of things that they do. So one of the ways they wrote to the, to the top officials and they say that I got 400000 as a bribe. Uh, okay, it was interesting. Okay, Trace, where, come to my bank accounts. I mean, I'm, come on, I'm driving a Spark. I'm not even driving. Where did I? So he spoke to me. He said, I trust you. And I said, yeah, you've got to trust me. I'm a man of God. Yeah. I said, actually, I'm said, I said, I'm a son of God. Then he said to me, yeah, you're a son of God. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, really, you, you guys are going far. It's a heathen prophesying to me that I'm going far. Isn't it lovely? It's a, but what I'm trying to say is I want everywhere I go, my life to talk for the Lord Jesus Christ. And these three, the game changers, we're going to, to go to Isaiah 58, and it talks about a number of things. But there are issues that I highlighted. Like I said this, there is a convergence zone. They meet. I've realized, if you go to Isaiah 58, we're going to read that. He talks about this, this the kind of fasting that I've chosen. He, he talks about a lot of things because of the way they were behaving. One of the things that he talks about is it not to feed, is not to give your food to the hungry and to the poor. So, like I said, there is a place where all of this meet. Where if you do all of them and you are doing it with a pure heart and you are doing it to God, you will definitely see God. I'm talking of things that I say, me and my wife and my family, that I'm teaching Buntli, our daughter, our sons. Every time something happens, there is a lot that is happening now, beautiful things. Yo, in COVID, we are in COVID and God is doing beautiful things. And it's not a surprise. I mean, when I got, it's not about material things, guys, but when I got the car that we got, I knew. Because I had told God, we want a family car. And it happened exactly the way I had told him. But it is tied not to me wanting a material thing, but it tied me wanting something to fulfill the purpose of God Amen. in my life. The Bible says, let us seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. So in our pursuit, in our doing these things, let's also make sure that we are not motivated by selfishness. Let us be motivated by the one who sees, who is looking 
who is looking into the heart. So there are a few things that he says, obviously pointers. He says, do not pray to be seen. Right? So we are not doing this to be seen. Yes, we want to be seen. By who? By the Father. Not because it's to publicize, to say, hey, last week I fasted 14 days, 21 days. No, it doesn't work that way. When God is doing it, he must do it in secret. But when God is rewarding, he rewards openly. That's the interesting thing. I must do it secretly. He says, when I'm praying, when I'm fasting, when I'm giving, when I transfer into the church bank account, I mustn't tell everyone in the church I've given 10,000. But when he does it, everybody will see. He's a God of show off. He doesn't want us to show ourselves off, but when he does it to you, he shows you off. That's the kind of God. says, when you fast, do not look gloomy. In other ways, I must, you know, the background of that is the children of Israel, when they were fasting, they were actually doing it. They would put sackcloth, they were smelly, they were, God says, put perfume when I come here. When I'm preaching, you mustn't even know that I'm fasting as I do it now. And the God who sees in secret will reward me. And then when it comes to giving, he says, do not blow your trumpet. Let me give you the background of the giving of the children of Israel. In ancient Israel, giving to the needy ranked among the one of the highest religious duties. As such, it was regular, ordinary part of the Jewish experience. Secondly, in every city, there were collectors who distributed arms of two kinds. Money collected in the synagogue, chest every Sabbath for the poor, and food and money received in a dish. Contrary to the modern belief of the modern way of doing it, it was not the government that shouldered responsibility for the welfare of the poor and needier members of the local. It was the religious community. It was in this setting that Jesus took to task those who viewed others' poverty and hardship as an opportunity for self-aggrandizement. Although almsgiving was a basic responsibility everyone shared in that society, some demanded public praise in repayment for fulfilling the obligation. They would announce with fanfare, so that's the, where the trumpet comes in. And Jesus says, don't announce it. Like I said, it still happens today. It happens differently. They would make it known in the synagogues. We are making it known on Facebook that we are doing it. And God says, I'm not for that. I'm not for Instagram. Instagram is good. We look, we're using it as a church to preach to the world. It's, it's a beautiful tool. I mean, right now, hello, someone. <laughs> Right now, somebody is looking at me preaching, representing Pastor John and Pastor Bev, obviously, but he's doing it to spread the gospel. So it's really about the motivation. It's the issue of the motivation that Jesus is so concerned about. But as I said, sharing it with you, saints, and Jesus spoke about it, that when you, the emphasis is when you do it, because we will, saints, we will have to do it. The situations and the times are so tough that they call for tough people. We cannot afford saints. Um, with all due respect, I know that we're in different stages of growth spiritually. But with all due respect and without seeking to, to hammer everybody, we cannot afford to be wimpy. Yeah. To be, you understand what I'm saying? We cannot afford to have a banana backbone. We need to stretch ourselves spiritually where we trust God so much. Yeah. Where we trust God so much. Where, that when he says faith is the substance of things hoped for, we can really touch that substance. Saints, God will never, will never forsake you. 
And to me, when I look at the policies of the world, you know, we've got things, we, the COVID is happening, the government is doing that. I'm not into politics, so I'll not delve into politics. Things are happening around all these things that are happening, and people are doing whatever they want. But let me tell you, saints, it doesn't matter what policies are brought by men. There is an overriding Amen. constitution. It doesn't matter who says what policy, whether the, the policies prejudice people based on their background and anything. There is an overriding. And God is able to override those very principles. That's why this game changer, the more we take time praying, fasting, and giving, and doing all those, actually doing all those three things, the more we see God. There are certain doors, sense, trust me. There are certain doors where you have to pull doors. You just have to force them open. They are so difficult. You, you cry. You tell God, why me, God? But why? Why does it always have to happen to me? Why? To whom should it happen to? <laughs> so, it's happening because God is making you. God is breaking you. God is repositioning you. God is yes, destined us for greatness. So, if Nkosi says, why, why, why? The whys and the cries will not change my destiny. But when Nkosi mends up and says, God, I take you at your word. You say it in your word. When I begin to quote the word through fasting and praying, and I say, God, you say it if I do this. You say it in your word that you have exalted your word above all your names. That's serious, man. The names of God talks about his character, right? But God goes beyond that and he says, I've elevated my word above. When you begin to quote scriptures like, forever, God, your word is settled in heaven. Is circled. Saints, to me, that's why another thing with also, I'm not doing it out of pride, I will tell you I don't depend on human beings because human beings can fail you. But God is able to use a human being to bless you because we are not in isolation. So when we cry, and I don't do hints, I will never, I told Pastor John, I will never do hints in this church to say I'm going through trouble. I will tell God, God will tell Pastor Bev to come and bless me. I tell God. I mean, if he is God, I know he is God. If he is the God that says he is, because I know I've experienced him, he will come through for me. If he says that, I mean, there were a lot number of words that says that your children will go to beautiful schools, to good schools, and they, they will do well, I will take care of you. It's prophetic words. I took him seriously. And when I took my children to expensive schools, uh, relatives and others saying, ah, how, how can you spend so much money? I said, I take God seriously. God is going to take care of their needs. It's not my problem. My daughter is in university. She will be finishing soon. It's not my problem how they are funded. It's God's problem. What I do is implement God's word and his principles. Let's go to Isaiah 58. It's one of my best, best chapters. You know, God sounds hard because he was actually hard to hypocrites. But I realize that if you implement things that he has said in Isaiah 58, it works out for you. Like I say, saints, once again, forgive me. It's not a hammer message. It's something that is meant as, for us to pull our socks and ensure that this revival that we are talking about, we come to experience it in our lifetime. Because, saints, we really have to experience revival. There is a lot of changes that have to happen around the world. We have a messed up system. We have a messed up government. Everybody is messed up. The church is the answer. Yes. And these three are the game changer. 
They are the game changer in your personal life. They are game changer in our schools. They are the game changers in our government. Our president needs a solution. Things are happening. He needs people to... Most of the time we complain, government this, government that. But God wants us to pray. God wants us to take time to pray and without really... It's good to have, like I said, I'm not into politics, to have political parties, they serve their purposes. But we want godliness in our country. That's what we desire. We want people that will fear God, that will think twice before they get into the, the piggy bank to steal. Amen. Let's go to Isaiah 58. It starts by saying, I won't read the entire chapter. It starts by telling Isaiah to cry aloud. And then he goes and say, they are crying and saying, we have fasted. This is not happening. We have called upon you. This is not happening. Then verse 6. He says, is this not the fast which I chose to undo the bonds of wickedness? To tear to pieces the ropes of the of the yoke. This is still tied to fasting, right? There's a component. To tear to pieces the ropes of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and break apart every enslaving yoke. Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry? And bring the homeless poor into the house. When you see the naked, that you cover him. And not to hide yourself from your own flesh and blood. I will continue, but pause there. I say to God, if I'm going to ask for money or for millions for self-aggrandizement, then it's not worth it. Because then I don't know. Because we see people, especially people that are stealing, you see people buying Lamborghinis and showing them on Facebook and showing them, but they are empty on the inside. I don't want to live a lovely material life and be empty on the inside. I'm not saying, saints, saints, I did not say Lamborghini is a bad. I just said, I just said, let's do things in perspective and let's make sure that our hearts are in the right place. That's what I'm saying. So please don't say, because <laughs> <he> said, <laughs> then you meet me driving a Lamborghini in 10 years' time and then you, because he's a hypocrite, he said, no, I did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that. All I'm saying is, that I want my heart to be in the right perspective where I realize that if God blesses me materially, it's in order to impact the world. That's what I desire. That's what I cried for before God. He says, is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house? When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from the needs of your own flesh and blood. He says, look at the promises. I love the promises. Then your light will break out like dawn. He's talking about revelation. Wouldn't you want to have a revelation of, in terms of healing, in terms of your business, where God wants you to, wouldn't it be nice? You're sleeping and you wake up and you've got a problem in that engineering factory of yours and God just shows you how to go and fix it. It's a revelation. It's, it forms part of revelations and God just shows you this is how you should. It's been troubling you a lot. Oh, you've got that consulting problem or that difficult client and God says, gives you a word of wisdom. That's revelation. He says, then your light will break out like dawn. And your healing, restoration, new life will quickly spring forth. Saints, we, we really need God. In the midst of COVID, in the midst of what's happening, we need God to intervene. People mess up things. Partly, I mean, the, the poor devil is, is partly because of people that are influenced by the devil. But as the church, we really need to rise. It, it, God makes promises now. It's a promise. He says, and your righteousness will go before you, leading you to peace and prosperity. And prosperity is an encompassing word. It's not just materially. When your children are healthy, when your marriage is beautiful, 
when things are. That's prosperity. That's why God speaks to Joshua and says you shall have good success. There is a reason for the word good success. That means there are other success that is not good. He says if you meditate upon the word, he talks about a lot of things and says, and you shall have good success. So God wants us to have, and you, you see, peace is tied to prosperity. So if, if something is material and I don't have peace, then there is, it's not prosperity at all. Because it has to go with peace. Everything, business deal that I do, whether I'm doing it the government or where, there has to be peace. That goes with prosperity. Prosperity in it. It says your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Listen, then you will call. Wow. You will pray. He's talking about fasting. This is the kind of fasting that I'm asking. And he highlights, says, don't oppress your brothers. Don't do this. Feed, give. And in the process of giving, don't show off. Tied to Matthew 6, right? Then he comes and says, prayer. He says, then you will call. And the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and you will say, here I am. It's lovely. As I say, it sounds, I love preaching messages where I've experienced God. I enjoy. Because as I talk in front of you, even in the midst of COVID, I've seen God. There are some testimonies that I can not share now that probably will be shared in the future, but I'm seeing God left, right, and center. And most of the things are a byproduct of me having realized that for me to reach, to fulfill my prophetic destiny, there are certain things, like I said, I have to go without food. There are times, me and Maureen, where we have spent 14 days with water and, and juice only. And I'm not doing this to post, but I'm just trying to say it works. It's, it really works. I will come to church on Sunday feeling very weak, but I won't ensure it. The Bible says I must ensure it, right? So I'm following the Bible. I won't ensure that I'm feeling famished, but there is something that I'm looking forward to. There is a prize that I'm looking forward to. So as I pray, as I fast, and in the process, as I give. At times, one of the things, again, as I said, I'm not boasting, it's just to encourage you. In the midst, to follow Isaiah 58, what we do at times, we, when we begin fasting, we buy groceries, and we take them to old age homes or to... It's a prophetic action that we do to follow Isaiah chapter 58. I don't like sharing this kind of things because I don't like it to sound like because he's really, but I'm doing it for illustrative purposes to say sense these things do work. When we take God seriously. When you've gotten that prophetic word that you got, like a brother who got it, go to the drawing table. Fight for that prophetic word. Fight. Because it's easy what the Son of God, J.T., delivered will be certainly precise and true to the Lord. But then nothing happens in your life. And then it's easy to say, but uh, J.T. was lying. J.T. Was, just simply delivered what God told him. God played his part, J.T. played his part. But of course he has to play his part as well. We really have to play our part. Otherwise, there wouldn't be scriptures where Paul is, is challenging Timothy to contend for the prophetic word. Because Paul knew that these things happen. I mean, since there is a physical world, there is a spiritual world that we don't see. But everything, let's even go to material things, everything, if there is that contract that you are praying for, is somewhere in the spirit realm. Because remember, God created everything that we see from the spirit realm. So that contract that you are busy trusting God for to sign, that is being withheld 
Fight for it. Release it. Bring it down. Let it manifest to the, to the physical. I do that. I told God, even regarding, like I said, with the vehicle that we got, I told God, God, last time we went to market in this little tiny car as a family, when the kids were complaining, God, this time, <laughs> there has to be a family car. <laughs> there has to be a family car. And I said, God, I'm not buying. I have seen experience. I've driven nice cars. I'm not buying anything on debt. I told God, I'm not going back to debt. I will continue driving this legally in as much as I actually didn't have a car because I'd given it to my daughter, but I was driving somebody's car. But am I really talking about material things? No. I'm just talking about the principle. To say it doesn't matter, it may be a material thing, it may be a spiritual thing, it may be the fulfillment of your destiny in terms of what God has called you to be as a minister of the word. Things are trapped in the spirit. And when we begin to engage the spiritual realm, that we cannot see. An example is, uh, is it Elisha? Elisha, a man of God, the Syrians, is it Assyrians or Syrians? I confuse the two. They are surrounding them and uh, timid Gehazi is crying. Ah, oh, man of God, they are going to kill us. And they say to God, please God, open his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Says, many are they that are with us than them that are with them. So when I pray, when I try, whatever I do, I know that many are they yeah. that are with me. So I'm not scared. Like I said, I've done difficult work like in the investigation place where you can be taken out with a bullet. I said many that are they that are with, with me. I know that I'm protected. I get anonymous calls. I know that I'm protected by God because he is faithful to his word. And no one will take me before my time. No one. They can try, they can threaten, but no one. When it's time, plus also we believe in immortality. But if immortality doesn't kick in, I've still got to live to fulfill God's purpose and God's. So saints, game changer. Game changer. Let's take God, he takes us seriously. Let's take God seriously. And let's just try for a few days or whatever to, to forego certain comforts. And let's see what God, the Bible says, oh, test and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who trusts in him. There is again a scripture that says, the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro, seeking to show himself strong on behalf of those. That, that means God is looking. That scripture tells me that God is looking at those who are loyal to him. And God is a God of grace, but God has favorites. Favorites in the sense that, not favorites in the sense that we know, that I favor, I favor this son over the other, but in the sense that if there are principles that are followed, he will favor you. Because otherwise there needs to be a contradiction. He is not a respecter of persons. But God will favor you. When he sees that your heart is right towards him, when you are not in it for your personal aggrandizement and for selfish reasons, God will come forth for you. In business, in church, in school, everywhere, in your family, God will come back. I've seen it since. I've seen it. And I'm talking about something that as I stand in front of you, I know. We are left with a few minutes. I normally like practicals. So I'm going to ask us to stand up. We are going to pray a few prayer pointers that I'll give you. But I'm really asking you to talk to God, to say, God, we need revival. But let revival start with me. 
let us begin with me. Let me have that conviction to say, God, if you are going to wake me up, I love my sleep. If you are going to wake me up midnight, three o'clock in the morning, I will leave my bed and go and pray because you've got a purpose. So that's the first prayer point that we're going to say. God, the Bible says to obey is better than sacrifice. So for the sake of the fulfillment of my destiny, I'm going to obey you. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we exalt you, we honor you. We thank you that, God, when you say something in our lives, so God is in order to change us. And, Father, God, I pray that, God, you begin to change my life from the inside out, God. Lord, I pray that, Father, God, you change. Lord, I want the world to know that you are God. Let the world see a letter that is written, my God, Jehovah God, in my life. And, God, let them say, like they say it of Peter and John, truly, these men have been with Jesus. They are not learned, but they have been with Jesus. Father, God, I pray for myself. We pray as a church to say, God, begin to change us, begin to transform us, begin to create us. My God, Jehovah God, that desire, that affinity. God, Jehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus, change me. Cause me, Lord Jehovah God, to reach out to the nations, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. My sphere of influence, my school, my business world, O oh God, Jehovah God, everywhere where I am, that God, I will be seen. My God, Jehovah God, as the light, in the mighty name of Jesus. The second prayer point that I want us to pray is let's ask God to create a hunger. Let's ask God to create a hunger. God can really create a hunger such that you, you just cannot put the word down. Wherever you want, you are, you want to worship God. You are waking, you want to worship God. You, you just want the things of God. Let's pray for the hunger of God. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, Lord, create in me, oh God, Lord, that hunger, that desire for God in the mighty name of Jesus, that desire for holiness, that desire for the things of God, Lord. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Father, Lord Jehovah, you want to add things unto me, but God, may I seek your heart. May I desire you. May I long for you, God. May you create, Lord, like David says, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Oh God, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I desire, I long for you, God. I long for you. I long for who you are, God. Jehovah God in my life. Show yourself in my life in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. The last prayer point, the Bible says the, the eyes of the Father run to and fro, seeking to show himself strong on behalf of those that we are loyal to him. Let's pray that we be loyal. God is loyal to us. God will never change being loyal to us. But it's up to us to be loyal to him. Let's pray that he makes us to be loyal to him. Father God, help me to be loyal to you. I want to be loyal to you. I want everything that I do, God. In, in my marriage, God, in the business, in everything that I do, God, may my heart be loyal to you. May I call upon you, God. Father God, for you are worthy to be praised. You promised in Isaiah 58 that, God, I will call upon you. And, Lord, you will answer. You will say, here am I, O oh God. Lord, I thank you. I bless your holy name. Lord, I thank you for your children, O oh God, that are standing here. Lord, we need you, God, in this country. We need you in this community. We need you, Lord. There are things that, God, we cannot change, that only you can change, oh God. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.